high sticking to breaking down the middle. Here's the lowdown with Low Tide on Sports 1440. Presented by Wolf GMC Buick. We're making it easy. WolfGMCBuick.com. Welcome to the lowdown with Low Tide on Sports 1440. Hi, it's Alan Mitchell. Today's show, the Oilers lost but played well five on five. Please understand, that's the lead story this morning from last night's game. It's a big deal. We'll talk about it. Plus, the Darren Dreger rumor about Philip Broberg is probably true and is noxious. We'll talk about that too. Sports1440.ca, iHeartRadio, Radio Player Canada. You can text or call us at 1-833-401-1440. I know it rhymes and it rings true, but I'm going to say it again. one 833 401 We're on Twitter at Low Tide and at Declan Kruger. The lowdown is driven by Wolf GMC Buick on the corner of 184th Street and Stony Plain Road. Hurry in for GMC's Joy to the Ride event. No payments for 90 days on every new in-stock 2023 GMC and Buick. Ask for details, plus get up to $4,000 in Christmas cash. Yes, it's all happening at Wolf GMC Buick. Our guest today, well, we have Paul Sir. One of my favorite people on planet Earth, a good gentleman, a great fella. And to give you an idea about how soon Declan Kruger is going to be the host of this show as opposed to the producer, I'm saying, Paul, sir, I got some questions for him. And he said, hey, can you ask him if he knows that when you search Google images for Paul, sir, the 12th image is Paul McCartney, and then most of the ones after that are him? I'm like, damn, I should have thought of that. But I didn't, and that's me. We also have Bruce McCurdy from the Cult of Hockey at the Edmonton Journal. He had a great review of last night's game. I say that because we pretty much agree on everything, but we will be having him by to talk about the Oilers, where they are now, what they need to do, and when they need to do it. That's coming up on the show today. We also have uh, hockey rumors and more for you. We don't have a Declan feature, but we have Declan near a microphone. Let's take advantage of that, sir. How are you today? I'm doing great. That's just as good, right? I was thinking, yeah, I mean, if you want to add something to uh, spice up the Wednesdays a little bit, I'm always open to it. But uh, What about Wreck-It Wednesday, where you take a hammer to a vacuum cleaner? Yeah, we could. I don't know if it makes for great radio. It could be a cool social media piece. Just, something funny for everybody. You but hear rage, you know, talk about Mrs. Also, Andrews. Also, like, where are we getting these vacuum cleaners? Oh, I don't know. There's lots of, I got like 15 at home that don't work. Yeah, I mean, after the third week, it might get a little stale, but if you're just asking me to tear up 15 vacuums for you, I'll do it. This is uh, is the lowdown. Stale is what we do. (laughs) Um, So, now, I don't, like, I love this place. I really do. Don't you love where we work? I do. I really do. Palatial Studios, the washrooms are fantastic, and they're not far away, and for a man my age, that's a big deal. The people are so sweet, they're just... The nicest damn people you ever want to meet. And they're having a potluck right now. And it smells so good. I don't know if I'm going to be able to concentrate. Are you going to be able to concentrate? I think I'll be able to pull it together. But I do. I have solace in the fact that I asked Connor Halley to get me a plate. What? So I, did. I didn't know that was an option. I don't think it is. I was being pretty selfish. But I said, Connor, listen, you know the big dog likes to eat. See, Grab an extra plate and bring it up to me. When you age, your mind gets a little addled. I don't know why I didn't think of that. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, we can share, but I figured you you, you got to be doing a lot of talking for the next two hours. I can bow out a little bit. See, the problem the with me asking Connor is he was my producer for years. He probably spit on my food before he gave it to me. Oh, he's done enough for you. 
Well, I mean, you know, you know how I treated the producers. You've, you're, you know, you're that guy now. Yeah. So it doesn't go well. No, I see it. I see it firsthand. It's mm-hmm. treated like dirt over here. Do you think we should ever videotape our exchanges leading up to the show and put them out on YouTube or whatever? Yeah, we could do that. I, I, I think. You don't, don't you think there would be a bit of an added pressure then to? Uh... Well, we would have to maybe have it filmed without our knowledge. Yeah, that's the thing. I think that like candid camera, I think is probably the best way to yeah. go about it. Because like honestly, what we need to do is not make this decision at all. We just need to have someone put a camera in the room and like live stream it. Today was funny because you started to sound like me. You were rambling on about yeah. nothing and didn't know what things were called. I, I already forgot what I was talking about mm-hmm. when I was rambling just then. Oh, yeah, some no, whistling's going on back there. I don't yeah. know if anyone caught that, but no. it's getting rowdy at the Christmas. Well, potluck. I just I feel like there's going to be uh, you know drinks uh oilers played very well at five on five that's the big part of the game if you can do that consistently music music what's your favorite music whatever it is when you can play well five on five look they're not scoring right now because they don't have enough really good players the cash that too shall pass they have to call somebody up or they're going to you know, play an entire year with connor brown on a skill line and getting zero goals they'll do something about it they know it's a problem. They just can't find anybody, and apparently the waiver wire doesn't go through the GM's office. Special teams was alarming last night. Alarming. I'm talking like tire fire. They lost the game on the special teams, and they lost it in the second period on the special teams. It was it was so bad that you have to wonder if if somebody is going to get pulled. You know, I looked at it. Darnell Nurse has the best GA 60 among the regulars. And Leon's pretty good. Ryan McLeod's good. Yanmark, eh, I don't know. I, I feel like this team may need a little bit of a rejig near the uh, third and fourth lines. I would just say that. By the way, top six at practice today has changed. Tony Brar sent this out. Top six today in New Jersey. Nuge back with McDavid and Hyman. Kane, Dreisaitl, Fogel. So now, this is what, like, everybody was talking about the great alignment. I'm like, why do you break up the top line? 13 goals for, five against in the last 14 games. That's not math. That's just real. Come on. No, no, no. And you know what? The coach said he didn't like it, and he proved it by doing the right thing today and going back to it. All those things you read about how what a great idea it was, come on. You've got a line that works. You've got Leon Dreisaitl that you can put on the second line. You mix and match till the cows come home to find a solution that doesn't include Hyman, McDavid, or Nuge. That line's golden. And by the way, Dylan Holloway is pretty soon, he's going to be in the lineup. I wrote about him today at The Athletic, and I did a funny thing. Not a funny thing, but a clever thing. Well, probably not even that. I compared Holloway's numbers in the AHL to Kyler Yamamoto and Yesopolya Yarvi during their entry deals, and they're almost identical. It's dead, solid, perfect. What does that mean? That means that Dylan Holloway, who has not scored in the NHL, and Yamamoto and Paul Yarvi, who did score some in the NHL during their entry deals, have something that's different. And in the case of Holloway, he has not received big minutes with McDavid and he has not received big minutes with Dreisaitl. And Yamamoto did with Dreisaitl. Well, Yarvi did with Connor McDavid. That may happen after the Christmas break. 
we may see Hall away with Dreisaitl. It could be a very good thing. And it could finally give the Oilers a young player on a value contract contributing in a significant way. Man, do they need that. Holy. Now we come to the alarming part of the show. Which amazingly is not me rambling on or coughing. We're going to talk about the Darren Dreger rumor. Now, I worked with Darren Dreger when I was over at the other station. He was an uh, insider. We would have him on once a week. He's a really smart guy. I know sometimes people get frustrated because he doesn't have a lot of news or he parses it and he words it carefully. But he does that for a reason. Because he wants to be extra uber sure that he's not passing along incorrect information. So I'm going to read you what he said yesterday on TSN. He said, you look at his American League numbers. This is in regard to Philip Broberg. He's playing in Bakersfield. He's logging between 25 and 27 minutes a game. He wants to be back in the NHL, not likely in Edmonton unless there's an injury. So trade seems the most likely. Here's an interesting twist. Maybe it's just not Philip Broberg for an asset coming back to the Oilers. Maybe Broberg becomes the sweetener so they can also move Jack Campbell's contract to free up a little bit of cap space. Broberg is a commodity, and it seems like that commodity is growing higher day by day. Now, if you trade, let's just say you trade Broberg and Campbell and no money, nothing is returning. What does that do? Well, you can suddenly have a 23-man roster, or you could go out and trade for a goaltender. Who is that? Holland, Ken Holland's entire history is going for brand names. Like when he's going down the detergent aisle, he passes everything. He stops at Oxidol and has a long look, and then he goes for Tide. That's his whole life. Not low Tide or high Tide, just Tide. Is Tide still the most popular clothing detergent? I, I would say so. Okay. I hope it is. I hope Oxidol still exists. Anyway. UC Saros is the most famous player who gets mentioned in trade discussions. The folks at The Athletic who are very bright, they have a new list out right now of players who could get traded. They have a trade chart list. There are four goaltenders on the list. Jake Allen, Antti Ranta, Capo Kakinen, and John Gibson. Why do people have to name, have names like Capo Kakinen? What are the chances I'll ever get that right? Anyway, those are the four goaltenders, none of whom I would trade Philip Broberg for. However, the Edmonton Oilers might, and that's what the reality is today. I'm not here to tell you it's a good idea because I don't believe it is. Remember, and I'm going to use your own words on you now. People hate that. That's why I do it. Remember, I would sit here, well, not here, but at the other station, and I would, say, I would plead with people. I'd say, don't trade Evan Bouchard. And people go, well, he's nothing. A guy sucks. Boo! He can't play. He's slow. He's not bright. He, his resting defense face is, looks like he's asleep and old. Yeah. And look where he is now. Evan Bouchard is kicking the daylights out of opposition teams. And as a, as a defender... And as an offensive defenseman, you got to give these guys time. Philip Broberg has not had the time. You're trading him now, and you're going to watch him for a long time. Maybe, maybe not, but I think probably at least top four. You know, watch him for a long time. He skates like the wind. This kid is big and strong, 
and he needs to play. And he's playing down in Bakersfield, and everybody's like, oh, yeah, we'll trade for that guy. What does that tell you if you're the Edmonton Oilers? Maybe keep your powder dry. That's what they should be doing. It doesn't sound like that's what they will be doing. The play here was in the summer to trade Brett Kulak. Make room for Philip Roberg and giddy up. Didn't happen. Now you're stuck and there's no way out. Then they talked about between Matthias Ekholm with Philip Broberg on the right side. That's still available, but the Oilers don't talk about that anymore. That's gone, baby, gone. There's panic in the streets. The, the Edmonton Oilers are, their entire season now is the lyric for Peace Frog by Doors. Do you know the lyrics to Peace Frog by Doors? Ah, uh, no, I, I couldn't even give a guess. Okay. Sorry. Well, the lyrics to Peace Frog tell you what management is doing right now. They, they, are, they, are, they are going to sacrifice every part of the future for right now, and the right now trade is not a sure thing. I said the names, Jake Allen, Antti Ranta, Capo Kakin, and John Gibson. This is not UC Soros. It's a bad way. This is a bad way. This ends. Do you remember in the scene, the scene in the movie It's a Wonderful Life, where they've lost the money and James Stewart is losing all hope and he yells at his uncle. Yes. And he goes, This well, you know what this means? This means ruined and prison. And I'll tell you what, I'm not gonna be the one to go to prison. Mm-hmm. And then he storms out and the bird makes a noise, and the poor old man sits with all his, you know, little bits of threads on his fingers, going, Where the hell did I put the the money? And then What's his ass? The the bank guys laughing all the way. Mr. Potter. Yeah. He goes to appeal to Mr. Potter's better nature and he gets laughed out the room. Damn. That was, you know, a big scene and a great movie. Well, the Oilers, I think, are a little bit like that right now. They're they're turning in on themselves. They're not thinking clearly. Philip Broberg for John Gibson or John Jacob Jinglehanger Schmidt is not good. It's not a move you make. You need that value contract. And there is going to be a next year schedule, and you have to have players then too. Nolan Patrick is retired. That is a sad story. This is a guy who could play. But if you read the story about him, it's time for him to, you know, get his life together. You know, I remember when people were, people to this day say, hey, have you heard anything about Oscar Kleppbaum? Yes, I'm assuming he's living his life. You know, he made a decision that he had to make, and he did it, and he manned up, and good for him and his family. Same with Nolan Patrick. We wish him nothing but the best. Condors play tonight. I'm assuming Xavier Burgo will be on a checking line and penalty killing. The Edmonton Oilers appear to have given up on all of their prospects. Now, that's not on the prospects. That's on the Edmonton Oilers. When you are playing Seth Griffith in front of Xavier Burgo, when Seth Griffith's even strength goal share is 10-4 and 17 against, then you've made a statement to everybody involved. We don't care about the prospects. We think Seth Griffith is our best option. When you've made that, when you've made that step then you have absolutely told everybody where you're at with your prospects. The Edmonton Oilers like Max Warner in the minor leagues. You know how I know they play him. They don't play Olivier Rodrigue. They don't play Xavier Bargot. 
It's Max Warner to the ultimate. This has been the strangest year I've ever seen an AHL or CHL team run by the Edmonton Oilers franchise. It makes no sense. I cannot make sense of this. It doesn't make any sense. Ordinarily, I will tell you what's going on, what I think is going on, and honestly, I would rip the coach, but I don't think this is coming from the coach. Jack Campbell has really derailed the season. I don't think the coach would do that. The coach wants to win. Coach wants to give his players an opportunity. The Edmonton Oilers have have absolutely done everything, pretzeled themselves for veterans of the minor leagues. It's not how it goes with winning organizations. The Edmonton Oilers are interested in things other than winning when it comes to their minor league system and other than development when it comes to their minor league system. Proof of it is what's happening in Bakersfield right now, and tell me I'm wrong, you can't. I have a question for you. Paul Sir is coming up. Yes. Good guy. Great guy. I like Paul. He always makes me laugh. And he always makes me feel like I know more about basketball than I do. You leave feeling educated. It's a well, great feeling. Yeah, I do. And I, I leave feeling like I, I have not been in any way put down by the fact that he towers over me in knowledge and actually yes. in, in, in height. He is pretty tall. Do you well, think Siakam to the Sixers makes sense? For who? It's a two-hour show. No, just, I know. Uh, for the for the seventy sixers. Yeah, probably. But I don't know how he plays when he play when he is a second starred player on a team playing off ball with a guy like Joel Embiid, who's because Joel Joel Embiid needs the ball in his hands to dominate. Joel Embiid, even for being a center, he's not a guy who's going to set high screens set screens for backdoor cuts to get his guys involved. He's going to be a guy who works the low and high post. And I don't know. I don't think Pascal's a good enough shooter to play off ball. I just don't know what his game would look like playing in that playing in that second kind of tier on a team. That said, you know, anytime a guy is that talented and has proven what Pascal's proven, I think you put him on a team and that team does get better. Well, I'll say this. As you know, when great players go to Philadelphia and play secondary roles – they adjust quickly and don't bitch or moan. I think we can all agree on that. <laughs> yeah, it's a, nothing to complain about in Philly. And the fans are always so nice to you. They are. Well mm. supportive. I know. They'll put you up for nothing. Oh, you will know. they ever. On the way, NHL rumors, Paul Sir at 1240, 1 o'clock, Bruce McCurdy. This is the Lowdown with Low Tide on Sports 1440. It's the Lowdown on Sports 1440. Powered by Wolf GMC Buick. Ever want to make a Fleetwood Mac fan angry? When you hear that song, go, hey, do you know that's about a witch? Because all of Stevie Nicks' songs, Rhiannon, whatever it is, you could make that claim. Okay, I like that. Yeah. That's good. Or go, you even could, go your own way? I guess that was kind of... That was Lindsey Buckingham. Yeah. No. Um, you could say, yeah, Lindsey Buckingham was the best songwriter in Fleetwood Mac. You could get, like... The boots taken to you. Yeah. Wow. You know, it's looking back, Mick Fleetwood didn't do a whole lot. Well, he and John McVie had the great rhythm section yeah. and were in great versions of yeah. Peter Green, Fleetwood Mac. Fleetwood Mac had like four or five incarnations and they're all brilliant. Yeah. Bob Welsh was in the band. Um, 
Christy, what was her what was her last name? McPhee. No, but so her before she married John. Christine Perfect. Oh, okay. Okay. I can't come, man. I I'm getting I'm learning today. I can't come to you anything Fleetwood Mac related. Like you, I you'll have come listened to, to Fleetwood Mac for many years, and I still don't know of the three: Buckingham, Stevie Nicks, and Christine McVie. I don't know who the best songwriter was, but I know the best songwriter was female. Okay, interesting. All right. But like, I love Stevie Nicks, but Christine McVie wrote, or Christine Perfect wrote. Perfect songs. Like her pop songs are Over My Head is probably my favorite Fleetwood Mac song. Who wrote Everywhere? That was Christine McVeigh. Okay, that's what I thought. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I like that one. What's the worst lyric you've ever heard? Wow. That's a good question. Um my goodness. I have a tie. I decide I always used to say I've never been to me by Charlene. Yeah. Is because it's bad. I've been to paradise and I've never been to me. I get it, but it's it's clumsy. Yeah. Um, and then the really bad one is is the pina colada song. The guy says, I'm tired of my lady. Then he puts an ad in the newspaper that says, <laughs> if you like pina coladas and get caught in the rain, if you're not into yoga and you have half a brain. A- and then... The person that answers that ad, that he says if you have half a brain, implying that whatever he's with now doesn't even have half a brain, the same person that he's dating applies yeah. for it, they meet, and they laugh. I don't know a woman in the world like who would not remember that he put an ad in there that <laughs> says if you have half a brain. Well... There, she, yeah. he would be, he would, there would be little parts of him everywhere, but he would not be intact. What I love about that song as well is like in that third verse or going into the chorus for the third time, whatever it is, he says, I never knew that yeah. you liked pina Like yeah, I, I was like, that never came up. Right. Like you're writing newspaper ads about like, this. this, this not song once did needs, you guys share a pina colada? It needs rethinking. Yeah. No, you're right. Mine is, you know, I, I do have one that came to mind, but it's from a rap song I don't think a lot of people are going to know. It's, it's kind of silly, so I probably won't say it, but that's well, a good question. Give us like three of the words. Well, the lyric is... I call my Glock Little Caesars. <laughs> I keep that B hot and ready. Okay. So and I think that's probably one of the dumbest. I like the song though. Glock in this case might not be an actual Glock. I think it might be. Okay. That's what I that's what I thought. I'll ask I'll ask Big K. So Breezy. let me rephrase. The Glock might not be used for its original purpose. Yeah. But it stays hot and ready, like little Caesars. Little Caesar. Anyway. <laughs> time for NHL rumors. <laughs> it's time for rumors. Uh, this isn't an NHL one, but I want to start it, and it's a reality. I'm just reading an article from Steve Ewan at the Vancouver uh, province. They do great work, and he's a great writer. Uh, Lionel Messi is coming to Vancouver. The 36-year-old star from Argentina and his Inter Milan CF mates are slated to be a BC police to face the Whitecaps May 25th. May 25th. I know my friend Scott will be flying out there on May 25th. There's not a chance in the world that McCord doesn't make it there. Not one chance in the world. I bet a, uh, a Wanak probably goes. Are you a big soccer fan? I don't, I don't think you are. I love the World Cup. I think the World Cup is the best tournament in all of sports. I'll occasionally follow soccer, but no, I, I would not call myself a soccer guy. You know, I, and I'm gonna. I'm not gonna pull one on you because I'm not. I'm. I. I. I love Gareth Bale. I love Spurs. 
uh, but I'm not a soccer expert. But I like the Euro better. The 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 quality of soccer and the Euro is better. My, I have a really good friend who says that as well, and he says he likes it because it creates more intense rivalries than the World Cup. Yeah, but I also think that, like, if you look at the Euros, like, Portugal has 11 people, and they're always strong. Holland has 12 people, and they're always good. And tall. And and blonde. Yeah. You know, and after they're done playing, they ride a bike 10 miles. Um but I, I, do, I love the German precision. I love, the Euros, are, to me, are very interesting. The, I love the World Cup. Don't get me wrong. Okay, now we're going to talk about hockey rumors. Nolan Patrick officially retires from the National Hockey League. He was obviously a flyer and a golden knight. And his, his, con- his concussion issues, I don't know what they number. I don't know how many there actually were. I'm sure it's out there. But it was a lot, and he just can't stay healthy. And when he wasn't signed as a free agent, because at his age, I think it's 25, he would have been most attractive to teams like the Oilers. You could pick him up on a basically a you know a a, a minimum contract, and he could earn the money, and you could you could build him or you could put him on the right wing. Would have been really good, quite frankly, for the Oilers. But he didn't sign. Why didn't he sign? Well, probably two reasons. Number one, he couldn't get clearance. Number two, because his long-term health may be in jeopardy. It's a sad story. He's a young man. I hope he gets a job. Usually the NHL, for somebody like that, he would end up maybe being a coach or maybe he'd go uh, into the broadcast booth. I'm waiting for people to finish the jokes. Um but I think that Nolan Patrick's career rightly is over, and we wish him nothing but the best. Washington Capitals expected to sign Ethan Bear. He wrote on X this morning. I'm still not used to that. Are you used to that? No, it'll always be Twitter to me. And they don't retweet stuff anymore. They repost. I know. Yeah, it's it's a mess over there. But no, it'll always be Twitter to me. Yeah, he's a real good player. I, I like him a lot. I know that people will text in and say, what are you talking about? I'm an Ethan Bear fan. All in on Ethan Bear. I will cheer for him wherever he goes. Detroit Red Wings are having goalie problems. Remember when we were talking, everybody was like, well, they got three goalies. Just go get Reimer. Sure. Detroit Red Wings uh, plays Philly Huso on injured reserve. And they also signed Michael Hutchison. Because Alex Lyon is out until at least Christmas. And the only man standing standing is, uh, oh, wait a minute, James Reimer. The Montreal Canadiens may, may end up getting great, great return on Jake Allen. Just because of, you know, every once in a while people say, ah, there's a goalie everywhere. Goalies are simple. Grab the goalies. If you've got three goalies and one is in the minor leagues, but you trust that guy to come and play in the National Hockey League, you're still not set, but you're closer than other teams are. Goaltenders, man. You just never know. Frank Sarvalli reporting. At Oda's practice in New Jersey, appears Connor Brown will be a healthy scratch on Thursday night against the Devils. Now, that might seem upsetting or cruel or make you angry, and you might be angry at Connor Brown. I just want to address that if I may. 
everybody makes bets. Connor Brown was off for a year. The Oilers couldn't afford to keep Kyler Yamamoto. They couldn't afford to keep Clem Costin. They needed to bring a guy in at the minimum. And the way they got Connor Brown on the roster was to give him a bonus that could apply to next year on a veteran's deal, veteran who's hurt kind of deal. And that's what happened. So you can be critical of Ken Holland because things didn't work out. But please remember why he was signed. Okay, I'm going to put that aside. Now we're going to talk about Connor Brown, the player. I've seen some really, really um, less than wonderful texts and tweets about him or exes about him. You know, Connor Brown is trying very hard. He wants to be a part of a successful team. He is rounding into shape. He's not scoring. But I think he's better than he was, and he's getting there. The problem is, in the National Hockey League, you can't send down a veteran. For They used to do it all the time. They'd send guys, yeah, they're mad at him. We'll send him down for a while. In the uh, 1967-68 season, Minnesota had a player they drafted named Pete Gogan, and he didn't sign a contract. And they fined him $500 a day because he didn't sign a contract. <laughs> Can you imagine that? You won't sign your deal, we're fining you. Uh, I think it's his right not to sign a deal that he doesn't like. The NHL did it to themselves. All of the rules that you see now were put in place because of the abuse of Gordie Howe and his generations before him. They did it to themselves. I have no sympathy for NHL owners. None. Read the Bob Bond book, especially the passage where he takes Gordy Howe to lunch and says, you fool, I make more than you do. And nobody should have been making more than Gordy Howe. And that began player agents, and guess what? Gordy Howe's wife took over and put the boots to NHL owners, not just for her husband, but also for her sons. It's a great story. It really is. I like the Ottawa Center's bad luck with Norris Hurdlelock. Great player. They need to be patient, build through the draft, get depth. Oilers don't have enough depth because they traded too many picks from Brian S. Well, the Oilers organization now has the kind of pool of talent that you would expect to see from a club that's won two Stanley Cups and is seven years into the process. Like the Pittsburgh Penguins. Or um, what other team has won recently a couple of times? Tampa Bay, right? Except the Oilers haven't won in Italy. So they've, they've mortgaged the future and they're here. They haven't won anything. And that's why when people say, well, you, what are you talking about? Leon won't sign here. Okay. Low Todd, I'm definitely a Bear fan. He's a kid you want to cheer for. I just don't understand Oiler fans. Should bring him back. Trade someone like CeCe when Bear could not even crack Carolina's playoff roster last year. 
my opinion that as a team, we are striving to be a true Stanley Cup contender. He was left off. I just feel like he's one of those players that will always be a six or seven from J-Mac. He's undersized. He can move the puck well. He's an efficient player, and he's a smart player. There's a lot about Ethan Bear to like. I have no issues with the player. Be better, Edmonton. Don't get personal. This has got to be one of the worst signings of the year from Red. Okay? We'll see. I mean, he's going to play in Washington. Sorry, what is the Oilers lineup for tomorrow? We don't know the lineup for sure. We do know that Nuge is back with McDavid via Tony Brar online and that Fogel and Evander Kane are Leon Dreisaitl's line mates and that it looks like via Frank Sarvalli that Connor Brown is a healthy scratch. Our goaltending is still 31st in the league. I don't think it's going to get any better. Terry in North Edmonton. Well, actually, it is better. I went over this process with our friend before the show, just to prove to you, we do talk. In the last month, from November 23rd through to today, ish, at five on five, 250 or more minutes, I use that arbitrarily, Stuart Skinner has a 914 save percentage, which is 23rd. It's not first. But number 38 on this list, Jake Ottinger. Yeah. Number 34, Mackenzie Blackwood. Number 32, John Gibson. When when we talk about goaltenders, it is really dangerous to look somewhere else and say, well, he could come in here and do that because he's doing that over there. Connor Ingram has a 949 save percentage in Arizona. Okay. Even players who have had success, like look at Peter Morozik. He's at 944 with Chicago. But that doesn't mean he's going to be 944 here. Doesn't work like that. It really does not. And it's a shame, but it's true. All right. Paul Sir is on the way. This is the Lowdown with Low Tide on Sports 1440. It's the Lowdown on Sports 1440. For our next guest, I had suggested that we play the friendly giant theme. I could go look up, look way up. And then he'd say something. Then he'd say, I'll call Rusty. And then that goofy giraffe would show up. Fortunately, we do have a tall person here, but not goofy in any way. Joined now by Paul Sir, three on three with Basketball Canada. How are you, sir? You know, I'm a lot better now that I get to hear your uh, golden tones again and (laughs) have the opportunity to talk with you, Al. Well, that's very kind of you. And I've missed talking to you. You're a great guy. And um, I missed I missed yakking about basketball. Um, I don't know if you heard this earlier, but I mentioned it. Uh, young uh, Declan here, who's not to be trusted in any way, our of producer, course. he said I to me, tell. "Yeah, he said to me, you know, if you, if I Google Paul Sir, the twelfth image is Paul McCartney, Sir Paul McCartney." <laughs> and I thought, I wonder if Paul Sir knows that. I didn't know it was the twelfth, but I've I've always you know people have. You know, when it occasionally comes up that it's Sir Paul, and of course that I hear that every day 
I've heard that every day for my entire life. And, <laughs> and, uh, now my only response is I, I love it. I just wish I had his checkbook. Yeah. And so <laughs> is, is your karaoke go-to band on the run at all or no? <laughs> no, uh, my, my karaoke go-to is uh, it rooted in '60s and '70s rock, ah. but not not to stand in line for. Let's just let's just yeah. put put it that way. Well, <laughs> mine is uh, "What's Love Got to Do with It," and the reason I do it is because once I've sung, people pay me to drink instead of sing. So <laughs> the high notes are that, that's a tough one for the for the high notes. Yeah, Tina, yeah. Tina makes it tough, or even any note I can't hit. Um, all right, <laughs> let's talk basketball. I sure. want I, this first question I thought of to ask you, and it's kind of an overall one, but Minnesota Timberwolves and Oklahoma City Thunder are contenders. And I want to know what year this happened last time because it just seems almost impossible. They're top five. Well, I, uh, I mean, OKC had great teams when they had uh, Durant, Westbrook, and uh, James Harden. Uh, so, it, you know, 10 years ago, they were a thing. Uh, and then the big three broke up, and now they're a thing again with uh, uh, Gilgis Alexander and uh, the, ro- the great rookie Chet Holmgren. Uh, so yeah, they. But but what I love about the the OKC Thunder is they did it through the draft. Yeah, and they they have just really done a great job of building this team and and focusing on on Gilgis Alexander and letting him become. One of the re- one of the greatest players in the world right now. I mean, let's talk like he's top five, top ten in the world. Never mind the NBA. So I mean, this guy is good. And then Holmgren, I think he's surprising everybody because they, they thought with his slender frame that uh, he would just get beat up. And maybe back in the '90s that would have been the case. But he is ideally suited for this uh, for this new NBA. And uh, so they're great, and the Wolves. I'm, you know, from that area. I'm happy to see that woeful franchise finally have a team that, since uh, since the days of uh, Kevin uh, Kevin Garnett yeah. and uh, Latrell Sprewell and uh, Casal, that they haven't had anything for a good 15 to 20 years. So that long suffering franchise, they have found a formula. They, I, I give their coach a ton of credit because. It's an odd mix of players, somewhat like the Raptors, which I know we're going to touch on, Al. Yeah. But they have sort of an odd group of players, but this coach, this team has put the pieces together, and my goodness, they're playing great. So let's talk Raptors because I've got three or four that I want to talk about and then a trade idea, which uh, Declan okay. doesn't like, so it's probably a bad idea. <laughs> Uh, well, not necessarily. We'll, we'll, we'll see what Declan's chops are when you tell me the trade. Sounds good. Okay. Okay. Uh, Obviously, Scotty Barnes is the talk of the town, uh, and I, I just wonder where the Raptors are in your opinion. Is this a team that you like? You hold your cards? It seems like they've been in trade mode forever but haven't really done as much as people thought. How do you feel about this roster now? Is it is it one you can build around moving forward? Uh, personally, I don't. I don't think the pieces they have are a good fit. And, and I have some specific reasons. Scotty Barnes is a star and could eventually be a superstar. He's, he, I love his, his energy that drives his skills. He, you know, he really plays all facets of the game at a high level. So Scotty Barnes is a, is a star in the making. Pascal Siakam is a very good player who gives you 20 to 25 
a game average, but he's an odd player. And that's what I think if I had to say there's a characteristic about the blend of players that the Raptors have, I think it's odd. Uh, Siakam, Scotty Barnes, OG Ananobi, in a lot of respects, they're the same player, long, athletic, with different skill sets. But Ananobi, you know, everybody, you know, there's so much attention given to the fact that he's a very good defender, but he's a real odd offensive player. And I think the offensive chemistry on this team, coupled with the fact that they can't consistently shoot the three-pointer, Al, makes this a very difficult lineup to look at and say, if we just keep adding this piece and this piece, we're going to be a lot better. Hasn't worked so far. I don't know what's going to have to change to make it work. So then I checked down to my trade idea, which I don't know what's coming back because I think they're trading draft picks in 2355 now, so I'm not sure what the return (laughs) would be. But like, what do you think of Siakam going to the 76ers? Well, I guess it, 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 I, I think he could be a nice addition to the 76ers. It's just a question of what can the Raptors get from the 76ers if that will give them the value in return. Like, so you're talking about sending Siakam to them, Al. What are you talking about the Raptors <laughs> getting back? Well, the 25-25 third-round pick is what I was thinking, but I don't think that anybody's going to be alive then. Like, that's the problem with making the deal. The 76ers, are, they're a goofy team. Like, they truly are. Um, you know, like, I mean, they're, I think they're 18 and eight and they started off like hell won't have it. And Embiid is, I love Embiid. I love Maxi. I like the team, but I just, I feel like they're, they're not going to go anywhere in the playoffs. I don't know. I, I, I would take, I would take umbrage with that. I think, (laughs) yes, umbrage. I think that's the proper use of the word. Yes, it is. uh, 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 I would. Uh, they have two pieces that you need for a championship. Uh, two guys that can really score. Uh, Embiid can. Yeah, I mean, he is a monster, both ends of the ball, and when motivated, is unstoppable. Not virtually unstoppable. Absolutely unstoppable. So you've and and then Maxi. He's a special player. He can create his own shot. He, he shoots it from deep, but he creates off the bounce, too. So I think they've got pieces, enough pieces around them. Uh, and I think Nick Nurse is a good fit for them, at least for the first couple of years. And, uh, and so I, I would say the Sixers, I'd be reluctant to make a move like that because I don't see what Siakam brings that would make them that much better. And I don't know what his relationship with Nick Nurse really is because I've heard they didn't get along. So I think those would be negatives in that in that respect. But I think the 76ers have enough pieces to be a big threat in the playoffs, quite honestly. Did they get enough? Like, I know this is a ridiculous question because it was there was so much around it. But the Harden return was like, I don't know, nine pieces or something. Did they did they get enough? Those trades are so hard to quantify because it's the right question to ask, but how do you get enough for a James Harden? Part of the Harden trade, though, is addition by subtraction. Getting him out of there where he didn't want to be. So far, he wants to be with the Clippers, but I think everybody's skeptical and just wondering how long until he's not happy there. 
So you you got rid of a, a, a consuming force on your team that freed up Maxi to be more of the player he's becoming and rely even more on last year's MVP and Embiid. So I think they got enough for him and got rid of him that that frees up, I think, the, 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 the pieces I just mentioned that makes them a better team without him. They, I like Daryl Morey. They've extended him. Um, they've done well since he arrived there. Uh, what do you think of the extension? Is that a good move for the 76ers? I think so. Uh, like you said, in, in a league that's really hard to build championship teams, I mean, everybody was uh, drinking Messiah Jury's Kool-Aid after they won the championship. Not so much since then. It's hard to remain competitive. It's hard to remain good. So when you have somebody who has a very specific and distinct uh, philosophy and how he builds teams, I think you hang on to him, and the, the results speak for himself. Now, this year will be important uh, because it would be the expectation would be they'd go deep into the playoffs if not get to the championship. So, uh, you know, the, the clock's ticking for Maury, but now he's got the security of knowing he's got a long-term deal so he can take some risks to build a lineup that could possibly win a championship for them. Who has the best defense? Is it the Celtics in the, in the East? Uh, I think night in and night out, probably Boston. But, I mean, Golden State lit them up last night. I don't know what good defense in the league really is. Is mm. it bad offense that slows <laughs> it down, that keeps the score down? Or is it good defense? Uh, it's it's really hard to defend in the NBA right now because people are shooting the ball better. There's so many teams taking so many threes. The league's so bloody athletic. And then the rules are designed for offensive players and make it harder for defensive players. Like, to me, the best defender in the league is Rudy Gobert because he legitimately he legitimately changes a lot of shots during the game. Not a lot of players in the league that, that do that. So I don't know, though, that the, the, uh, Carl Anthony Towns is a very weak defender. So as great as Gobert is, uh, Anthony Towns isn't. So... I, I, right now, I couldn't point to a defensive juggernaut in the in the league. Like, I don't know this year, you know, defense wins championships. I'm not so sure that's going to be the case this year. Yeah. I think this is might be the year offense wins championships in the NBA. So if that's the case, based on, you know, just pure offense, the, the Pacers score, but they give up so much. Yeah. Bucks aren't great. 76ers? I mean, I don't know who... who... 76ers could be. Yeah. The Bucks could be. Miami could be. Like, those are really good... Those have really good defensive parts on their team, don't they? Yeah. And I think, like, the the thing that Milwaukee has is Antetokounmpo is a game-changer because of his length and athleticism. Embiid's a monster in the middle. He's got to show up night in and night out in the playoffs. And we all know what Jimmy Butler and... uh, you know, Abadeo are capable of in Miami. So there are some good pieces there. Plus, Milwaukee has the advantage of having uh, Lillard and Antetokounmpo, who have been really off, showing off and playing off each other's offensive greatness this year. That is what makes them the most dangerous to me if they're healthy going into the playoffs because they have those two players plus Middleton, who also is a capable 20-point-a-night scorer. 
So the Bucks still, to me, are going to be uh, right now. I'd put them kind of just a, an inch in front of Boston and uh, Philadelphia in the East. Final one for you. I saved it for last because I I, I think it's a fun thing, and we might have talked about it before, but. Um, in what world is stealing anything from the New York Knicks a good idea? And what is the point of the all the, the hubbub about the Knicks and the Raps and all of that? I don't get the point of this. This, to me, should have been under wraps and maybe the commissioner dismisses it or whatever. It's just, it, it's like, I know everybody's rich and nobody cares about money anymore, but holy man, that just looks ridiculous. It does. And and like you said, why do you? I mean, to me, that's hanging up your. You know, uh, I, do you remember the m- movie Plane Trains and Automobiles? Yes. <laughs> the scene Steve Martin's washing his face and holds up John Candy's underwear. To me, it's like taking that pair of underwear and hanging it out in public. I think the uh, it's it's just it's just beneath the league, and you don't need that kind of you don't need that kind of distraction. Yeah. To what end? I, 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 I'm, I'm like you, Al. I just don't get it. Well, and the NBA is so pure in their decision. I love the NBA because as a league, they're on the right side of everything, and they rarely get anything wrong. I mean, they do get things wrong, but this just seems to me to be, you know, taking off your socks and your shoes and then loading the gun and then shooting it, and it, somebody should have stepped in. Yeah, I, I I totally agree with you. It, it doesn't make any sense, and the NBA largely does get things right, and they 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 do know how to create, build, develop, and uh, continually message out something very positive. They they have cachet that I think no other sport league has, based around its players' personality and I think its perception globally. And uh, this this is just unbecoming. Totally agree. You are a gentleman, and I appreciate you. Thank you, Paul, sir. Likewise, Al. You take care. There's Thank Paul, you. sir. Yep. Three-on-three three, uh, with Basketball Canada. Such a gentleman. He's truly one of the very, very fine people that we know in this industry. Great fellow. Okay, another one coming up. Bruce McCurdy from the Cult of Hockey at the Edmonton Journal. We're a little late. Low down with low tide on Sports 1440. It's time for an update. This is a Sports 1440 update. And for your sports 1440 update, just three games in the NHL tonight, Islanders and Capitals and the Wings versus the Jets, both at 530. And then the Kraken in L.A. against the Kings, puck drop for that one at 8 p.m. According to reports based on the Oilers practice in New Jersey today, it appears Connor Brown will be a healthy scratch tomorrow night against the Devils. Nolan Patrick, the number two pick in the 2017 NHL draft, has retired at age 25. Plagued by a migraine disorder, Patrick last appeared in a game with the Vegas Golden Knights in March 2022. NFL news is Trevor Lawrence was in the facility but is still in the NFL's concussion protocol today, leaving the Jacksonville Jaguars prepared to play without their star quarterback for the first time in three seasons. Also in the NFL, Jets quarterback Aaron Rodgers activated from IR but won't play this season. CFL News is the Montreal Alouettes announced today that head coach Jason Moss and general manager Danny Machocha have signed multi-year contract extensions with the club. Moss through 2026 and Machocha through 2027. 